Welcome to today's broadcast of Sun, Salt, and Light. Sun, Salt, and Light, S-O-N, knowing and growing in your daily relationship with Jesus Christ, but also being the salt and the light in your marriage, in your family, at your place of work, at your church, and even in the community you're in. I'm Pastor Michael Petit. This is a radio ministry of our church, Calvary Chapel Divine, here in Divine, Texas. We are so glad that you joined us for today's broadcast. We are a Calvary Chapel, so we simply teach the Bible verse by verse, chapter by chapter. We believe that God uses His Word to transform, restore, and to change lives one verse at a time. If you're visiting our area, you'd like to get information about our church or church service times, maybe even track down some of the other teachings that we have available through podcasts, whether it's through Audible or Spotify or Apple Podcasts, you can do all of that at our church website at calvarydivine.org. That's calvarydivine.org. Today we'll continue our Essentials for a Follower of Christ. We'll look at godly speech, the power of words. I'm sure that that each of us have struggled with that at some point where we may have said something that we wish we could get back. Uh, we'll be in the book of Colossians chapter 4 verses 5 and 6. And we'll spend quite a bit of time in James chapter 3. Uh, we hope that you enjoy the essentials of a follower of Christ. Uh, you can find the rest of the studies available online. But let's go ahead and get into godly speech, the power of words. Here's the second half of this three-part study. I had 22 years of a bad marriage. There are a lot of words I wish I could get back. A lot of things that were said I wish I could get back, even to my five kids. I'm looking forward to heaven, but not this. <laughs> I'm like, man, I said some things I wish, I, even to this day, I wish I could get back. Now, I, those are covered by the blood of Christ, and they've been forgiven. But I still have to give account for them. And think about that just for a second. We talked about what was the most hurtful thing said to you? What was the most hurtful thing that you said to somebody that you wish you could give back? See, our words have power. And, and, and James chapter 3, we deal with that. James chapter 3, verse 2, it says, For we all stumble in many things. If anyone does not stumble in word, he is a perfect man, able also to bridle the whole body. Now the word perfect in the sense here is mature in Christ's likeness. Because there is no perfect man except for Jesus Christ. And there are going to be times when you do stumble in your words, but what are you going to do with it? And I can tell you, it's, it, it, at the end of the day, when we're stumbling, we're slipping, we're falling, we're letting things come out, we need to deal with it. In Matthew chapter 26, verse 73, we talk about Peter here. A little later, those who stood by came up and said to Peter, Surely you are also or one of them, for your, uh, for your speech portrays you. The maid tells Peter, Hey, look, <laughs> you're one of them. Your speech is what we know where you're from. You are with Jesus. You're from that same region. We know you. 
And it was his speech that betrayed him. It's the tongue that gave him away. It tells our tongue will tell whether somebody's ignorant or educated, whether they're cultured or crude, whether they're clean or unclean, vulgar or refined, whether you're a believer or a blasphemer, whether you're a Christian or a non-Christian. All from your tongue, whether you're guilty or not guilty. Or, 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 or just think about just today. If we were to take the last month and have it recorded and say, okay, let's put it on the monitor. Let's look, and look at the sound. How many of us would be like, okay, go ahead. If we look at that and we ask ourselves that question as we look at Peter's speech, they knew exactly who he was from his speech. And it's our speech that has the power to, to encourage or the power to tear down. Matthew 15, verses 16 and 18, it says, Jesus said, Are you still without understanding? Do you not yet understand that whatever enters the mouth goes into the stomach and is eliminated? But those things in which proceed out of the mouth come from the heart, and they defile the man. They defile the man. Look, look at Balaam in Numbers chapter 22, verses 28 through 34. This is a funny account, actually. Because homeboy doesn't realize he's talking to a, a, a donkey. He's still upset when he's talking to the donkey. <laughs> like he's mad. He doesn't realize the donkey's talking. He's still upset. In verse 28, it says, The Lord opened the mouth of the donkey, and she said to Balaam, What have you done to, uh, what have I done to you, that you have struck me three times? And Balaam turns around in verse 29, And Balaam said to the donkey, Because you have abused me, I wish there were a sword in my hand, for, I, for now I would kill you. So the donkey said to Balaam, I am not your donkey on which you have ridden. Ever since I became yours to this day, I was disposed to do this to you. And he said, no. He's talking and having a conversation with the donkey. That's how upset he is. It doesn't stand out. And his speech is like, man, if I had a sword, dude, I would kill you right now. You'd be done. Then the Lord opened Balaam's eyes. And he saw the angel of the Lord standing in the way with his drawn sword in his hand. And he bowed his head and fell flat on his face. And the angel of the Lord said to him, Why have you struck your donkey three times? Behold, I have come out to stand against you because your way is perverse before me. The donkey saw me and turned aside from me these three times. If she had not turned aside from me, surely I would also have killed you by now and let her live. And Balaam said to the angel of the Lord, I have sinned. He sinned. He's dealing with his sin. That's why I chose this story. His mouth is going 100 miles a minute at that donkey. But he realized, when that angel, I've sinned. 
and he deals with it. For I did not know you stood in the way against me. Now, therefore, if it displeases you, I will turn back. One of the things we know is that he does turn back, but he also uses his voice for who? God. Every word that comes out of his mouth comes from God. And why is that? Because he sinned. He repented. He turned from the sin. He confessed it. He dealt with it. And God still uses him and moves him forward. There is example after example in the Bible where people say stuff they shouldn't have said. Let's go back to James chapter 3. In verse 3 it says, Indeed we put bits in horses' mouths that they may obey us. And we turn their whole body. Look, at, look also at the ships. Although they are so, uh, so large or are driven by fierce winds, they are turned by a very small rudder. Wherever the pilot desires, even so the tongue is a little member and boasts great things. See how great a forest, see how great a, forest uh, a little fire kindles. And he goes on in verse 6, he says, And the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity, that the tongue is so set among our members that it defiles the whole body and sets on fire the course of nature, and it is set on fire by hell. He has these things, these huge animals. Anybody who's been on a horse, it's a lot of power. And it's that little bridle in the mouth, and they can control the direction of the horse. You think about a big ship. And it's that little rudder that controls the ship. It's a forest fire. It's, a, it's damage. It happens quickly. In Psalm 73, 9, it says, They set their mouths against the heavens and their tongue walks through the earth. A forest fire is unstoppable. In Proverbs 16.28, a perverse man sows strife and whispers separates the best of friends. You're spreading conflict. You're spreading conflict in your home. Conflict in your marriage. Conflict with your friends. And he's telling you, you keep having that strife. You keep talking. You keep whispering. You're destroying friendships. You'll destroy a marriage. You'll destroy a family. In Acts chapter 15, verses 36 through 41, it says then, and this is Paul and Barnabas, this great moment. It says, Then after some days, Paul said to Barnabas, Let us now go back and visit our brethren in every city where we have preached the word of the Lord and see how they are doing. Now Barnabas was determined to take with him John called Mark. Now remember, uh, John called Mark, he ended up flaking out, and he's like, I can't do this mission thing, I'm out of here. And so whenever we do mission trips, we always know that there's going to be somebody that flakes out. We may have 30 people signed up, 26 will go. It's going to happen. Somebody, the enemy gets a hold of them, and they just kind of, they just can't do it. And it happens, it's okay. They may be the next trip. We always tell people there'll be another time you get to go, right? But John called Mark. Barnabas is saying, hey, I want to take him. And Paul's like, oh, no. Paul insisted 
that they should not take with him the one who had departed from them in Pamphylia and had not gone with them to work. Then contention became so sharp that they parted from one another. And so Barnabas took Mark and sold to Cyprus, but Paul chose Silas and departed, being commended by the brethren to the grace of God. And he went to Syria and Sicily, uh, Sicilia, uh, strengthening the churches. And that word contention is, is to have a dispute, and it's out of anger. So it happens in ministry as well. I, I, I have been in the middle of, of, you know, at church when we had two guys, two brothers, that, that couldn't see eye to eye. And so we have them come in and we're praying beforehand and we're, we're like uh, hoping we can come to a place of, of agreement. And they start talking, one of them starts talking and man, as soon as the other guy started talking, you could tell he was not happy. And he went, he went off. But you know what the funny thing was? The other guy like to poke at him. And the words that he said were kind of jabbing him. And I try to, you try to talk to both of them through that. And one of them stormed out of there. The other one I was able to talk to. And, and the, the verse that I had shared with him that was really important is Proverbs 10, 19. In the multitude of the words, sin is not lacking, but he who restrains his lips is wise. If you don't say nothing, you look as smart as a whip. We try to figure out why Pastor Joe never talks. Because he never talks. Like everybody will say, man, Joe never talks. It's like, this is why. It's like he's not, he's not going to engage in all that. And I, I just, I, when I was looking at that, I was like, the, the more words we speak, the greater likelihood that someone will, will some of those will, be, uh, will be, become regrettable. Like the more, more words you let out of your mouth, they could, something could be regrettable, regrettably said. So you're better off not to say anything. Matthew chapter 12, verses 36 and 37, it says, again, that's that verse where it tells you, I, I will tell you on the day of judgment, people will give account for every careless word they speak. And, and man, there are a lot, of, a lot of careless words that have been spoken in this world. By many people. And that's why I was saying, when you look at this, this is something that we've all dealt with at some point. We have all stuck our foot in our mouth at some point. I don't care who you are. I, I can remember vividly my chief warrant officer. I was 18. And I was given the opportunity... I was with officers learning the new system because that's how much respect the man had for me. He saw something in me I didn't see. And so we go for training, and what do I do? I'm telling dirty jokes and cursing up a storm. 
and I'm with a bunch of officers. This is Monday. We still have to make it all the way to Friday. Chief pulls me aside. Now, I was maybe a year younger than his oldest son. So he pulls me aside as a father because my father hadn't been in my life at all and tells me, you embarrassed me today. Your language, the jokes that you're telling, you are not carrying yourself as somebody who has earned that position. I could have brought somebody else. You've embarrassed me today. And let me tell you something, that hurt. It hurt. It was like somebody had just punched me right in the, in the heart. But he was telling me that because he loved me. Because he cared. And it's important for us, you know, as we, we look at these things that we say, we need to understand there are going to be times when somebody has to give you something that is out of love and there's going to be truth with it. But what are you going to do with it? Let me tell you something. Didn't open my mouth the, other, the rest of the week. Tuesday to Friday, I didn't say nothing. Just yes, chief, no chief. And it changed the direction of my military career. He had no clue. And that's how important it is. Like, when you understand, like, there are things that you're saying you're that, that's being recorded by God, and every one of those things, those, every careless word, everything that you're saying, you're going to have to take account for. And you think about the fire that gets started when, you're, when your mouth gets going. You know the biggest fire they ever had in Wisconsin? You know how it got started? A cow tipped over a, a, a lantern. It, 1,200 people died. It spread so fast, 1.2 million or 1.5 million acres gone like that. And that's what our tongue does. Just think about Job. Poor Job. Job in chapter 2, verses 9 through 10 said, Then his wife said to him, Do you still hold fast to your integrity? Curse God and die. But he said to her, You speak as one of the foolish women speak. Speak. Shall we indeed accept, from God, uh, accept good from God? And shall we not accept the adversity? And all of this Job did not sin with his lips. Uh, do not, men, do not say you speak as one of the foolish women speak. Don't ever let that come out of your mouth. Right? But understand, like, she's so upset. She, she's given up on God. And she's had a lot happen to her. She's lost her kids. She's lost everything that they've owned. And now her husband's sick. And at the end of the day, one of the things that you see is, like, that still had to hurt Job. But he corrects her gently. And he tells her, look, we, hate, we accept the good from God, but we must also accept the adversity. That's why we say when we, when we think about our words, we need to be careful how we, how we have them come out. 
Have you ever spoken to your spouse or to your kids? Have you ever ever said something that you wish you you know where where you, you just wish you could get that back? It was so hurtful. Do your kids actually hear positive things from you? Are they being encouraged? Are you being encouraged by your spouse? Do you encourage others? You know, you know, that's probably one of the greatest gifts is somebody who has the gift of encouragement. They just they're just really just encouraging everybody. It's it's uplifting. And they do that with their words and their actions. In Proverbs 16, 24, it says, Pleasant words are honeycomb, sweet to the soul and healing to the bones. And in Proverbs 16, 21, it says, The wise in the heart will be called understanding, and sweetness of the speech increases persuasiveness. When, you, when your heart is in the right place and you have the understanding, your speech actually persuades somebody. And say, hey, you know what? I know this is what's happening, but let's look at it this way. You're, you're being loving to them. He tells, he goes on, he says in verse James chapter 3, verse 7, he says, For every kind of beast and bird of reptile and creature of sea is tamed and has been tamed by mankind. It's funny because he talks about a snake and, or a reptile, and it is what? A snake is curled up, ready to strike. That's how your tongue is. And we're supposed to have those things tamed. We went back in Genesis, and what are we supposed to have tamed? He uses the animal kingdom. James does. But no man can tame the tongue. It is unruly, evil, full of deadly poison. So our, our tongue should be regenerated, redeemed. It should be tamed. And who tames it? God. How does it get tamed? By God's Word. By spending time with God. Your relationship with God. We're going to talk about that this weekend as we talk about love the Lord God. Love, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. And I think Mark, it says, with their strength. But he says two things in there. Your Lord, and then love your neighbor as yourself. Your neighbor. You have to take ownership in that. There has to be a relationship within that. And that's the same thing here. If we want God to tame our tongue, we need to be, there needs to be a relationship with God. In Proverbs chapter 10, verse 11, it says, The mouth of the righteous is a fountain of life, but the mouth of the wicked conceals violence. In Psalm 141, verses 3 and 4, it says, Set a guard, O Lord, over my mouth. Keep watch over the doors of my lips. Do not incline my heart to any evil thing, to practice wicked works with men who work iniquity, and do not let me eat of their delicacies. I would say in, in Psalm 141, verse 3, that's probably a prayer for us right there. Set a guard, O Lord, over my mouth. Keep watch over the doors of my lips. There's a prayer right there. Something we should be praying for. I know for myself. And set a guard, man. I love that. Keep my heart desiring you, Lord, and not the evil things. In verse 10, it says, Out of the same mouth proceed blessings and cursings, my brethren, these things ought not be so. And this goes back to what James is talking about. It's the double-mindedness that James talks about. 
right? You look in the mirror and you forget what you look like as soon as you walk away from the mirror. He's telling you, look, you, 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 you praise God with the same mouth that you curse Him with. And you think about it. You, you give thanks to God. Lord, thank you for, for, for answering this prayer, but it, you get upset. God, did you not hear me? Did you not think that this needed to be done? You're doing the same thing. It's the double-mindedness of the tongue. You get upset or you, 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 something doesn't go the way that you think it needs to go and you'll bless one moment and curse the next. And I'm not talking about cursing, cursing. I'm just talking about you getting upset. This didn't go the way that you thought it was going to go. And so everybody needs to hear about it. This should have went this way, but God, I don't know why this happened. And so you tell everybody. Well, that concludes today's broadcast of Sun, Salt, and Light Radio. We hope that you enjoyed it. If you'd like to submit a prayer request or get in contact with us or find out service times, you can do all of that at our website, uh, as well as get uh, our podcast at Spotify, Audible, TuneIn Radio, pretty much wherever you can find a podcast. Uh, you, you can just type in Sun, Salt, and Light and you'll find it. Uh, we hope that you enjoy today's broadcast. If you'd like to give to this ministry, uh, what I would always suggest is give to this radio station it's because of this radio station that we have great expository teachers uh, for you and i would say um, make that donation to them i hope that you have a wonderful wonderful day god bless you remember you can find us at calvarydivine.org calvarydivine.org god bless